Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. God's word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast his love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey guys, it's Ricky. Just want to throw in a quick note that towards the end of this podcast, we do talk about some serious stuff. So not for little ears. The beginning part is fine, but towards the end, we do talk about some things that is not for little ears to listen to. Just wanted to give you all a heads up. Okay, enjoy this week's episode. God bless you. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like, when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. And today we are talking with a friend of mine from 10 years ago. We're bringing it back to college. (laughs) Go Gators! Monique Schmidt, she is a writer, a poet, you know, fellow University of Florida alum. She works in the corporate world now. She's a wife of two and a mom, not a wife of two. (laughs) A wife of two, oh my gosh. Taking it back to like reverse polygamy. (laughs) Which the Lord never wanted, by the way. He never wanted that. It was never God's perfect design. That was was never never his design. (laughs) She's a wife and a mom of two. And y'all need to know that we have been giggling before this starts. So <laughs> we're getting our giggles out to talk about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. But we've been having fun. How are you? I am so, so good. How are you? I'm good. Happy to talk with you and hear what God's doing in your life. Um, I kind of want to pick up. I, we were talking and I said, wait a minute, I got to push record. People need to hear this um, about what God is showing you in your life. So. What's going on? Well, um, this has definitely been like a refinement season. I have been in the throes of a lot of pruning and weeding out relationships that shouldn't be in my life and then putting in relationships that should be in my life. And there's been so much emphasis on focusing on the things at home or like the things of being prepared. So one of the verses that I want to bring up to you because yeah. I didn't want to do this beforehand. It's in Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have to pause here. We learned yeah. in telecommunication school at UF that you don't really discuss the interview before the interview. You kind of bullet right. point it, you know, right? Yep, yep. So that's so what's happening right now. <laughs> that is what's happening right now. So I didn't want to tell you beforehand. Here it is. It is in yeah. Proverbs 24, 27, it says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After Mm -hmm. that, build your house. And I have been finding that I have been in such a rush to get and do things or wanting to do things for the kingdom or wanting to do the things that God has called me to do, but not knowing how to get there and feeling like this of anxiety in pulling me to oh my gosh, I see so many people around me doing exactly like what I want to do or or doing things that they're called to do. Why aren't I doing it yet, right? Right. And the catalyst for this was, I was kind of like going through motions. And then the catalyst of this actually was um, when my husband and I split up at the end of 2021. It was the end of 2021. 
obviously COVID was rough. Everything was rough. And um, we separated for reasons that felt almost irreconcilable. A lot of it having to do with um, my struggles of depression and then my own husband's um, ability to manage it all. And then my irritability was just getting to him. And it, it was, I felt like the weight of the world. It was a lot. I wasn't relying on the Lord. I was relying on my own strength. And then sitting in a hotel room, talking to God, and I wrote down three things. And I said, these are the pillars I want my family to live by. I want to live surrendered, teachable, and unoffended. And I said, Lord, would you make me surrendered, teachable, and unoffended? Because I don't want to live in on the defense all the time or feeling like I always need to explain myself or feeling like, well, no one understands me. They need to understand me. And that's just been pushing and pushing and pushing people away. So, Lord, would you please mold me the way that you have called me to be? And yeah. we were meeting with this... Um, our pastor was mentoring us at the time uh, for a couple months, and he does he rarely mentored people um, because of the time of his limited time. But he's like, I see something in you guys, and I really want to mentor you guys. So I'm taking you under my wing. And we would meet with him every now and then. And in January, right as we were trying to do our like, okay, let's do a mini separation and see what happens, where we would take turns taking care of the kids. Well, what happened four days in? My husband got COVID. And then what happened? The oh. Lord put both in the house. We had to stay together and work it out. It was a it was a literal come to Jesus moment. While the kids were in their quiet times, we sat at the dining room table and I felt like the Holy Spirit's like, Monique, you need to shut up and stop over talking and stepping on this man who's trying to lovingly tell you how he feels. Yeah. And and of, of course, since then, it's not been uh, a linear road. It's always had its ups and downs. But since then, we really started to analyze and and work out, okay, how can we make our communication just better than the way that we have operated? Um, a few weeks after that conversation, Ben's grandma got sick, and uh, she was already predisposed to COPD, mm-hmm. um, and she died in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not at the hospital. It was at home. They brought her home to do a home hospice. And so we got to surround her. It was beautiful. It was sad, but she didn't want to keep fighting. She didn't want to live on an oxygen tank. She's like, I'm ready to go home and be with Jesus. Yeah. So so that's what happened. We we buried her back in um, January. And then just two and a half weeks later, our pastor who was mentoring us, he had a sudden aneurysm and he died within a no day. way and, uh, he was so impactful and i um for those who don't know i live in minneapolis minnesota it is yeah. the most passive aggressive state to live in <laughs> and it is and it has been driving this miami girl insane yeah. and i've had to learn how to tactfully but very directly tell people hey i'm not gonna play the minnesota nice game i'll be nice but i'm not gonna play minnesota nice i'll be direct with you yeah so, Oh so, yeah, Monique's from Miami. Like you're gonna if you say some or if you see something, you're gonna say something. Like it's just the polite I, thing to do. I love Jesus. I'm not gonna go all yeah. good the way I used to, but I love Jesus and I will directly and kindly tell you when something is out of line. But exactly. Anyway, with with that said, my our pastor, he was Australian and he was one of the very few people who um 
also wasn't Minnesota nice. And it was his greatest pet peeve to be living like in a passive aggressive place. However, he knew that the Lord had called him and his wife here. So they had lived here like 15 plus years, 19, almost 19 years or so here in Minnesota and left behind a wife, two beautiful children. And, um, He made such an impact on our community here in Minnesota that the parking lot was an overflow. There was overflow for his his uh, memorial service. And uh, my life had been, just been rocked where two very important people in my life um, died. And it, it, it's, it never seems fair, but suddenly I was like gripped with this. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life. I have to hurry up and I have to uh, do the things that God has called me to do. So what am I doing with my life? And I would just be in this, like, you ever seen Finding Nemo where, yes. where Marlin is very anxiously like, oh my goodness, like I have to go and save. And then Dory's like, relax, take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> a lot it's of a- times... I get that visual. It's like the Holy Spirit's talking to me and saying, Monique, relax, take a deep breath. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Um, I want to repeat the verse again that we're talking about. If that's okay, Proverbs 24, verse 27, complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. Afterward, build your house. Yes, it's getting all of the ducks in a row everything has to be aligned first and mm-hmm. if like let's say let's say we you you want to write a book right yeah. and like how do you write a book do you just be like all right i want to be published no you can't you have to prepare the things of the book you have to prepare your heart and you have to get the story in order if it's a fictional book get the story in order get the structure in order how do you get everything ready if and then expect things to just happen if you're not preparing yourself to do the works that God has called you to do. And one of the things I think of is also Elisha when he was called. So Elisha was mentored by Elijah when Elijah yeah. felt time was coming and that he needed to start training up someone else. He was walking by in a field and who was in the field? It was Elisha working in a field and Elijah called him and said, Hey, God has called you to be the next prophet. You need to come with me now. And he left his work behind and he followed him. But what was he doing? Was he sitting and twiddling his thumbs saying, all right, God, you told me that I'm going to do this. This is not, no, like he stayed focused on the work that was at hand. And then God called him into the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Elisha. I just Googled Elijah and Elisha. And, yeah. and this is from Wikipedia. Okay. But it says Elisha was the son of Safat, a wealthy landowner of Abel Methula. Okay, y'all know I'm a mess of a name. Okay, he <laughs> became the attendant and disciple of Elijah. So hmm. that's really interesting that he was um, the son of a wealthy landowner and left everything to become an attendant and disciple of Elijah. Yeah, man, that's it's like. Just- would it we leave to, everything? <laughs> right. We- and like, what did Jesus say to the wealthy, to the rich young young man? Like, hey, what else do I need to do? And Jesus is like, leave everything behind and follow me. It's just one of those really cool things where in the Bible, a lot of the biblical characters went through and did great things for God, but then like were greatly in distress or were tempted. So, so this is Elijah and the widow. This is all right after that mountaintop experience. 
that he had when he Elijah was attacked by Jezebel, where she's like, I'm going to kill him. And then and then right after he killed all of her prophets and then he fled to Horeb and said, God, take my life like he was suicidal. And then the angel of the Lord came to him and said, get up and eat for the journey ahead of you is too much. So he got up and ate food and the drinks that was given. And then he got to the mountain and at the mountain, the Lord spoke. So he got up, ate and drank. Then on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered a cave there and spent the night. So now this is Elijah's encounter with the Lord, right? Yeah, that's his encounter with, he was waiting for the Lord to speak to him. And he expected the Lord in the, in the wind and the rain, but it wasn't until the whisper with the whisper. And that's the thing that a lot of people misunderstand. God does not always speak in a whisper of things. It's like people think, oh, wait for that still small voice. And it's like, no, that was just that, that one circumstance. It's not going to always be the case. Right. Uh, God God doesn't have an audible voice at all. So you just have to listen to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit speak. We just have to obey and it has to align with scripture. Exactly. Yeah, it could be a burning bush with leaves that never burn. Girl. (laughs) It could be a burning bush. You know what I'm saying? It could be a a literal donkey telling you don't go that way. That's right. Different ways that the Lord speaks. He even speaks through the mouths of babes. Yes. Truth prevails. So with all that, we're just encouraging you, like, be aware that God is with you. (laughs) Recognize that he does want to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him, have a relationship with him. And he may speak to you through ways that you can't really imagine, like a donkey or a bush or something like that. Last night, I was at this Bible study at my church, and uh, we're just we're just talking about drawing near to the Lord, right? So last night we were learning more about the Holy Spirit and more about the prophetic voice. And what is what does the prophetic voice mean? Because the gifts of the Lord are not dead, as many would have come to believe today. That for some reason it was only reserved for the book, the Church of the Book of Acts, but that's not true. The gifts of the Spirit are alive and well. And one of them was about sitting and listening, like it's the prophetic. So it's encouraging, building, uplifting the body of Christ, the church of God. And one of the things that we did was like, okay, let's sit in silence and wait for, just wait for the Lord to speak. If you feel like the Lord's saying something specific, write it down. If it's for someone else, write it down and give it to that person. And all around me, as there was deafening silence, I just heard pens around me, click, 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 click people just starting to like fervently write down. And then I felt this like sadness, but but in my head, I'm like, why would I feel sadness? I know the Lord speaks to me. I don't have to feel discouraged. So, so for some reason, I feel sad. But then I realize other people are feeling discouraged because they feel like the Lord's not going to speak to them. But it's like the Lord will speak. And, and something that our teacher last night said, that if, if he's silent for like two weeks or three months, if you get that one small moment of him saying an encouragement to you, that one moment trumps all of those three months or, or, or drought of a year that you've not heard the Lord say anything. And that moment in his presence is better than a thousand elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. It's just the simplicity of seeking God in mm-hmm. everything that you do. It's really a reminder that we should be seeking God in everything and looking mm-hmm. for him everywhere and just being about his business when we're not at work and when we are at work. 
it, it's just so good. We're going over at our church, the paradox of prayer. Um, mm. and it, it's the, the series is called our daily bread, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom mm. come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed to like teach the disciples how to pray. And Mm -hmm. I just think, and I don't even know how we're talking about this, but I just love like this conversation with my sister. The spirit's just leading us like the, the Lord will lead. Yeah, he will. And these are conversations too, that we encourage you to like go out and have coffee with someone or go out and have lunch with a girlfriend and, you know, girlfriend, go with girlfriend to have a cup of coffee um, Mm. and just like ask each other this stuff and talk to each other about what God is doing in your life. Because our prayer in this is to bring you these amazing things that God is showing us from his word and our testimony so that you will go out and encourage other people and spur your friends on to do what God has called them to do. But I do want to know what's God doing in your life, Monique? Oh, in my head, I'm like, what's the Lord not doing? And I say that not to be like, oh, because God is just doing so much in my life. And it's like, well, refinement is hard and it sucks. (laughs) You know, it's like when gold is being burned, all the impurities are being burned away, but that's really hot. It's really hot. And yeah. And a lot of times being put to the fire and feeling that burn, feeling that uh, what what it is in me that's being worked out, like um, it, it, it's it's hard to to admit it out loud. But over the last couple of months, I realized like I really struggled with pride and it's such a sneaky iniquity that even when if you say, well, that's not my struggle, oh, girl check yourself before you wreck yourself because that might be the thing that's holding you back from the blessings that the Lord wants to pour out. But when pride is there, he cannot dwell because pride is, is the antithesis of humility. And it's with humility that he lifts up uh, and gives grace to the humble. He, he makes low the prideful and gives grace to the humble. And I've been realizing it in how like any arguments that I've had with my husband or if I've had um, disagreements with friends, I just think, wow, what is it about me? Like, why am I not, why aren't they seeing my side of things? But, but the Lord's like, Monique, you have to work out this pride. Let me work out this pride, open up your heart so that this pride takes away. So I could take away the rose colored glasses that you see about yourself um, where it's, it paints and puffs me up as this victim and woe is me. Mm-hmm. And mind you, the victim mindset is rooted in pride. Yep. I've been in for too long to not, to not recognize that. And, and I've done my work to, to acknowledge that pride is the root of a victim mindset, a victim mentality. If you say, well, things keep going wrong to me. Things keep happening to me. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get better. And it's like, I'm never, or I'm never, I'm always going to be this way. Oh my gosh, I'm just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs or just watch a show or read this book. It's like, the Lord's like, no, recognize it and bring it before my feet. I will take care of it. And, um, a perfect example was last night uh, due to a, a 
a perfect storm of, of so many things happening. One of the things that um, is a huge pain point for me has been, um, sorry, this is, is a little hard to talk about sometimes. I have a hard time with female relationships, like friendships. I have been bullied since I was a child. And oh, with sorry. close with close friends. Oh no, it's fine. With close friends since I was a child. And I learned how not to cry about it because every time I did, they'd say, Oh, Monique, it's just a joke. Get over it. Right. Yeah. I would be like, um, no, that really hurt. And then I had to learn how to toughen up my skin. And I would get really angry and I would yell. And that that's where anger starts to pop up because really what it is is a hurt little girl who can't handle the pain that she feels about rejection and abandonment. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what all this stuff spurs up from, you know, it's like when we have outbursts or when we, you know, for the other side of it, where you hold back and you don't say anything mm -hmm. and you go into a shell, like it, I mean, maybe you think differently. I don't know. I feel like you think the same way, but like, it really goes back to our default of what we learned as a child. And mm -hmm. Jesus is the opposite. Like, he's like, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest, you know, take yeah. my yoke upon me. It's like, it's, it's a light load. It's like, it's not a yeah. heavy burden. You know, he yes. wants to give you his rest and it's not, I don't know how to describe it. No, like, it, it, you're on. Why you're do we do it. this? <laughs> yes. Like you're, you're why do we do right this? Saying it. And it, it uh, what we do, uh, our human tendency is to say, I'm not turning to anyone I need to figure this out. I need to take care of myself and I'm just going to rag on myself, feel guilty about it, shame myself for this. My forgiveness is what matters, not God's, mine. Mm -hmm. And that dethrones the Lord as savior of our hearts. So yesterday I was having the struggle of like wondering if, if God finds me useful enough to be used by him or, or if I'm, or if I'm using the gifts that he gave me properly, and then I wonder, Lord, I feel like I'm useless before you. And obviously yeah. that's a lie. Like that's not true. Not true at all. But yeah. in my life, in my life, the, those who have represented God in my life, like spiritual leaders or pastors, have really let me down and caused a lot of hindrances and really could have pushed me away from the faith. If I had not been rooted in Jesus, but I understand and I can see everything in hindsight, like those people are flawed just as much as I am and are in need of grace in Jesus just as much as me. So yeah. while the instances did hurt, I don't look at those as my savior. I look at Jesus as my savior because ultimately we are flawed. So yesterday I was talking to the teacher from last night or I was trying to, and then someone interrupted me to say, oh, I was the person you were going to talk to. And then they just went off in their own conversation and immediate flood of, you see, you're not worth it. It's all about you. You're not useful enough. You're not worth talking to. And that's that pride that says, me, 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 I, 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 and the lies from the enemy that try to really pull me down from the blessing that I experienced last night at Bible study. I walked out of my church, hand covering my face, weeping and it's no one's fault it's not like they intentionally said let's let's give monique the cold shoulder no no one tried to intentionally do that um 
but but the enemy used it as an opportunity to cause discouragement and insert lies that if I had not been rooted in Jesus, I would have been left that very offended, very, very blaming and hurt. But instead, I, I sat in my car while I cried. I said, God, I know that these are lies. And circumstantially and with context, I understand that they just got caught up in a conversation. I'm not going to take that personally. I know that this is something that's being worked out in me because pride is trying to rise up and and think and insert lies about, well, I'm better than than them or or what I have to say, it needs to be heard. And if they don't hear me, well, they're not well, clearly I'm not um, going to be used by God. Mm-hmm. And and pride really tries to pull me back to make it about me. But because I knew it and I've recognized it, I've said, God, I can feel pride trying to rise up again. I surrender to you and I'm not going to choose to live this way. Instead, I'm going to make you the king of my heart. You sit on the throne of my heart and forgive and understand that it's no one's fault. No one is to blame and let it go the the disciples walking into a town where they're not welcomed then shake the dust off your sandals right and walk away oh girl that right there has helped me in business and in life really where it's like i've tried like there uh there was something recently in business where it was like i tried they tried i tried and it was one of those moments of like it's not getting through on mm-hmm. the other end and so i was like all right there's no respect here i don't know what is happening and i just said i just don't think that this is going to work out and i'm going to assign you to someone else which is like something i never do never never do mm-hmm. but it was one of those situations where i didn't have peace about it in my spirit and so mm-hmm. to like meet with this person again I got him taken care of with somebody else and da, 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 da. But in that moment, I felt so not at peace. But now mm. that time has passed, I had that mentality in my brain of like, okay, shake the dust off your feet, move past it. I'm so thankful that I did because mm. it wasn't heading down a good path for anybody. Mm. I think that's just really cool that you brought that up because in relationships, which is what we're talking about in conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, there are moments where it's like, I don't have peace. Like there's something stirring in me. God, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm full of pride at this moment. My ego is bust. Like what's going on. But what's Mm -hmm. happening in that moment is you're worried about yourself when God wants you and me to be still and know Mm -hmm. that he is God. And if we ever are in a place that is a a peaceful place, like maybe you do walk out of the church doors and cry. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe you do leave that appointment and shut the door and put on Christian rap music. (laughs) Like, I don't know what that is for you, but there, if you don't have peace in a situation and you've been hurt, like Monique and I are here to encourage you in Christ that it's going to be okay. And it's okay to walk away from those situations. It's okay. You don't have to try to put on a brave face every time because the Lord, he has experienced all the range of emotions that we feel. He like knowing that Lazarus would be raised from the dead, Jesus still wept. And it wasn't like a single tear falling down his eye. No, like weeping. Think of what weeping hurts. It, it's, it was a pain because he understood real pain, right? He endured right. the 
for, so that we didn't have to endure it ourselves. He took that punishment for us. And if we have a God, a high priest who understands all things and he can, he can um, empathize and, and, and have compassion on all the things that we suffer through, isn't he good then? A lot of times we have a struggle with wondering if God really understands, but he does. Right. And there's a reason why Jesus set the example to be baptized. Um, so, so for example, a year ago, I got baptized, but it's my, listen to this, fourth time in my life getting baptized. Oh, wow. I consider it like a rededication uh, or a vow renewal. Right? Yeah. So I got baptized when I was really young. I was 12 years old. And I thought at the time, oh, now I can take communion because before you get, you can't take it unless you're baptized at the church that we were at. Yeah. So I just thought it was cool. Right. But then right. fast forward to when I was like 16 and I wanted to get baptized again because I wanted to dedicate my life to Jesus. But it was, yeah. Again, I wasn't in like the best spot of my life. And then uh, fast forward again to when I was at UF, my best friend baptized me in her bathtub. Amazing. I, had, I felt like I was supposed to get baptized, right? Yeah. And it was last year where I'm sitting at my uh, a service at church and I felt the Holy Spirit very strongly saying, you need to baptize again and i felt so stupid because i was like but i'm the seasoned christian what are people going to say right fear no man? what are no going to say? Yes. what are other gonna what are others gonna think of me they're gonna think that i've not been a believer this whole time but no the lord's like it's renewing commitment to me before the world right yep. I got to get baptized and I got to tell my neighbors and I got to tell my friends, I got to post it all over and say, I did it. And I got baptized yet again in my life, but I need everyone to know this is going to be the definitive moment in my life where I am saying enough of depression, enough of anxiety. I am not going to let that rule over or dictate my mind the way that it has so far in my life. And I'm going to commit everything I say and do to the Lord. Well, and it goes back to your prayer in the beginning, Lord, make me surrendered. Lord, make me teachable. Mm -hmm. Lord, make me unoffendable or unoffended. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Lord, make me I unoffended. So I always am like, is it unoffended or unoffendable? Like, which is it? Whatever. The Lord knows what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to offend anyone, but also I don't want to be offended. So it just, it's all of it. It's all of it. It's all of it. It's all of it. <laughs> Lord, I love you. Jesus, help me. Save me. <laughs> Jesus, save me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I've just loved this. And I love how public you are about depression and talking about that and saying what's going on in your brain and how mm -hmm. Jesus was like, the Holy Spirit, go get baptized. Because what happens with pride that if people don't struggle with it, come on. Like, okay, everybody but one person. And that's you who's <laughs> listening to this. I just love how you're talking through it to us and sharing your testimony and giving all the glory to God because, you know, the word, the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And Yo, somebody out there could have yeah. been struggling, you know? Yeah. Praise the Lord for that because lives are setting, are being set free continually if we are not in community and if we're not constantly talking about what we are struggling with but then point out to god and say look at what the lord has done right they'll never right. understand or know and they're going to always feel this isolation like no one gets what i'm going through yes we do yes we do it says in what second corinthians one or two that says like there's a reason why you endure what you endure for the sake of someone else yeah 
You know, what's so funny that you just mentioned that because someone told me recently in privacy that they had been sexually assaulted and by a family member. And I could not in that moment because I don't think she's been vulnerable and like shared with a lot of people in that moment. It felt like she was like finally like free from it that she had been holding in. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell her later what happened to you was awful and you never should have gone through that. Like this world has fallen. People are messed up and like we all need Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about when she does get through this, like she's getting, she is on the steps to like rebuild from that awful experience and taking steps to like take care of herself. I'm just like thinking about her in the next 10 years of like the next girl that comes to her and says, this happened to me, which I hope that never happens, you know, to anyone else, obviously, but she's going to be like, hold her hand and say, I see you. Thank you for sharing that with me. And God's going to get you through it. You know, God's going to get you through it. Not you're going to get you through it. Not your own strength is going to, because we don't, we fall like flat and we don't get motivated and we want to like lay in our bed and not do anything, you know, but God is like, I have called you to do something today. I need you to help my people, you know? It is living water that we live on. It is, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, anything that says self-care or like. Yes, like self-care. That's so anti-biblical. That's yeah. so anti-Christ-like where we have to put we have to put our reliance on the Lord. We can't rely on self because we're fallen. So in right. 2 Corinthians 1 starting in verse 4, it says it's the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, we also share our comfort abounds through Christ. Yeah. Amen. Share your testimony. Yes. Take of someone else that we can share in our sufferings and we share our hope because it is not anything that you suffer. It is not going to be for nothing. And I was just thinking about this like last night, I can't promise or, or explain why uh, uh, certain individuals are molested. Like I was molested when I was younger too. I can't. So sorry. I can't justify those actions of that person. I can't explain why your loved one died. I can't explain why your child died or why you had a miscarriage or why your husband and you are are divorcing or why you're suffering through depression. I can't explain that because I've experienced many of those things in to some degree, but I can't, but I can't look at God and say, God, you're not good. God, you're still good. Even in all that, because while Joseph's brothers back in this is back in the book of Genesis. Joseph's brothers intended evil, and Joseph was still able to say, What you intended for evil, God did good through it. He still trusted that the Lord would sustain him. And if there's there's any verse, if there's any chapter that I want anyone listening to this to focus in on, it's in Psalm 121, the whole chapter. It's nothing but just like eight verses where it's lifting our eyes to the hill, where does our help come from? That my, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Because even when we don't feel like praising God, when we force 
our bodies and and force our tongue to give glory and praise it goes against the flesh and so while the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak we have to force ourselves to speak out god's true word because that is what give our bones life even you're not going to feel it because i haven't felt it many times i didn't feel like praising god but the second i took my eyes off of myself and i started saying god i'm going to give you glory no matter what i feel i'm going to raise my hands and surrender i saw the work of the lord rush through me and i felt set free on so many times and no it's not a one-time prayer it's not going to be a one-time song because we are fallen we live in a fallen world we are human but god does a good work work when we stop focusing on ourselves and we give all praise and glory to him. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just like thinking about that picture of you on Instagram where you're getting baptized and your hands are up and surrender it. There's something freeing about being renewed in the spirit by water, especially being baptized, coming out of that water and knowing that you are new in Christ, but Mm -hmm. also just like committing your life to Jesus. Like you are a different, if you've never been saved, you know, we want to encourage you to accept Jesus into your heart and just confess that he is Lord and Jesus, God's perfect son was raised from the dead and that he died for our sins. There is some, even if you pray that right now in this moment, Lord, save me, forgive me of my sins. I follow you. I'm surrendered to you. In this moment right now, there is something that happens inside of you where you are renewed and you're not the same person. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And the Lord will sustain you. Even when you feel like you're, well, I gave my, I, I said the prayer. Now what? I thought I was saved. Why am I still struggling? Because we're human and we're going to have struggles when we continually abide in God's word that we overcome. Yeah. And like speaking it out, like what you were saying is like physically speaking it out, remembering scripture, carrying it with you through the day. Oh, he will rescue you. (laughs) He will rescue you every time, every time. Do it. I love that. Well, Monique, let's pray. Uh, And then do you want people to like, if they want to connect with you, how do you recommend they connect with you? I'm very active on Instagram, honestly. So um, my handle is uh, my first and last name, Monique Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-T-T underscore. Okay. And that's how people can find me. I I love praying for people. I've made a lot of online friends over the years. It's been really cool tool to connect to people and have good critical thinking conversations, good theological conversations. It's been a very encouraging place to be. Yeah, you're very encouraging. <laughs> oh, praise God for that. Thank you. Ricky, you are you give life. You, you are, you speak so much life into people. And I just want to bless you and bless this ministry that you're doing because it has been sort of a blessing for me. So I really appreciate you calling and asking me to come on because there's nothing more that I want to be that I want to do than to encourage those and to pursue Jesus and pursue his, his goodness and holiness. Yes. God is doing something special in you and just getting the opportunity to spur each other on in the spirit and with our faith and just uh, in agreement that God is good and he does good and he loves us and he has plans for us. It's just like, makes me so pumped up. So thanks for your time today and and your sweet words. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Monique. Lord, bless her ministry by like a million bajillion and just speak to her heart and do immeasurably more in her life. And also I pray the same For the person listening, that you increase their ministry, Lord, that you just get them focused on you, that they're fixing their eyes on you, 
and that they're doing what you've called them to do, even if it's just taking care of their field (laughs) before they build their house, Lord. Uh, Lord, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hey everyone, it's Erica with Glassy Day Studio, where we believe every broken, discarded, and disrupted thing will be reclaimed, restored, and redeemed by the one who created and calms the waves. Glassy Day jewelry is shaped from recycled surfboard resin and each design is named after a woman in the Bible. And 10% of every purchase supports foster care ministries. Check it out at glassydaystudio.com. And thanks for listening. And if this episode has drawn you closer to Christ, please share it with your friends and family or even one person that might find encouragement in the message and a deeper relationship with Christ. God bless and have a great week. This is amazing.